Hey listeners, before we get into today's podcast, I just want to give a shout out to today's sponsor. And today's sponsor is Tiny and Sons Glass. Does your vehicle have cameras or driver's assist? If so, when your windshield is replaced, it will need to be recalibrated. What is recalibration? When your vehicle's windshield is replaced, the safety systems need to then be tested to ensure that they work with your new windshield. Some vehicles require static recalibration, and others require a dynamic recalibration. Not sure who to trust to take care of this recalibration for you? Well, just call Tiny & Sons Glass in Pembroke, Mass. They're experts in auto glass and registered company of the Auto Glass Safety Council. Plus, they make it easy. They will call your insurance company for you. Get your windshield replaced by their highly trained auto glass technicians. And get your vehicle recalibrated so you can be back on the road. Tiny and Sons Glass, keeping you and your family safe. Today's second sponsor is Omeo. Omeo is a travel booking platform that makes planning a journey in Europe and North America effortless. Just enter your travel details and Omeo will magically give you all of your train, bus, flight, and ferry options for your journey. It's never been simpler to book your first real vacation for 2021. Best of all, using Omeo saves you time and money. That's a win-win in our books. Omeo wants to help you leave your house this summer by offering 5% off your next booking. Just head to omeo.com, that's O-M-I-O.com, and use the code LISTENER5 at checkout. Valid until June 30th for all new users and all modes of transportation. It's just the pick-me-up for 2021 that you need. Omeo, plan, book, and love the journey. Terms and conditions may apply. Welcome back, Inebriates. This is Andy, the Inebriar Podcast, once again. And uh, we're still on Zoom. Uh, we're starting to record some back-in-person in interviews, but uh, today we're on Zoom. And today's guest comes from uh, outside of Philadelphia, which uh, we were just saying is uh, familiar familiar territory for me. And we're yeah. joined by uh, an actress today, Connie G- Giordano, correct? Got it, Andy. Yeah, I stumbled through <laughs> it, but I got there. Um, okay. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Uh, so... You kind of got a lot going on. You have um, you're in a show called uh, Mayor of Easttown, mm-hmm. and that's a an HBO project. Correct. Yes. Yes. Uh, so uh, it seems like ahead. that's really kind of like where things are at now. Like I couldn't even tell you anything that's on main mainstream te- mainstream. Te- <laughs> I guess you call. It. I know. I know. That, nobody even knows what that means anymore. You know, three, yeah. six, and ten, three channels. <laughs> that's what it used to be. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, so it's on HBO and HBO Max, um, seven episodes. And I'm just thrilled. It's been so well received. I, I get messages every day and I just I'm just over the moon that it's been it's been so successful. And so what was the process? Um, or I should actually say, when did was it filmed during COVID, pre-COVID, post-COVID? Because I know things have been kind of like shuffled yeah. around and, and delayed and whatnot. Yes, it sure has. So Andy, it's actually been in the works for two years. I auditioned back in the fall, early fall of 2019. Um, We started filming in late fall 2019 and went for about a year. And then COVID hit and we were on hiatus for about six months. 
And thank God we came back. I'm so happy <laughs> because a lot of shows did not. Yeah. You know? And so by the grace of God, we came back and we finished up uh, and just finished. I guess it was, um, let's see, I think it was the very end uh, or no, I think January 2021, something like that. Like right at the very end of the, the next year, the end of 2020, early 2021, we finished. So you know, it was definitely a lot longer than it should have been, but um, the results, as far as I'm concerned, it was well worth the wait. <laughs> so how, how was the experience like kind of pre and post COVID? Were there a lot more restrictions? Was it far more difficult or? Well, I mean, I have to say the production company um, and HBO, they were really on their game when it came to keeping everyone safe on the set. Um I had to quarantine for three days. I think that was kind of the norm for most people mm-hmm. uh, who were, you know, not just there, not there every day. Um, they had the parking lots divided up into color coded who was, who had been tested, you know, the day before and that day and all that stuff. So they were really on their game with all that in terms of organization. Um, so, you know, it was, once you get through that, it was just like every other time I'd been on the set, you know, it was just, you know, you're there to do the work and we did. And it's not like everybody was sitting around going, so how about that COVID? (laughs) But it it didn't have any, uh, it didn't have any effect on like your process of getting into character or anything like that. No, no, not at all. Not for me. I mean, of course I can't speak for everyone, but you know, I never, I never got that sense for anybody really. I never got that I never felt any kind of anticipation or fear or anything like that when I came back. You know, everybody, I think, was just really happy and grateful to be there, which is what you want. Right? Oh, it's so amazing to see people again. I mean, I know. Yes. And so it, true. I had the, a weird experience the other day where I saw someone for the first time who I met during COVID. Oh, cool. So it was just kind of like, oh, that's what you look like. What you look I, like. <laughs> yeah, and it was weird because I, I was kind of like, who the hell is that? And Oh, that's funny. So it just kind of took a moment. I love being mask-free, that's for sure. Oh, it's so great. Um, I mean, I was I, 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 I was not good with it. Like, every time I come out of a store, I'd rip it off like Batman. You know, I just <laughs> could not wait to get, get it off all the time. You know? Yeah, it's, it was a real challenge when you wear glasses, too. Yes. Yeah, especially in the winter, I'm sure, you know, I'm oh, sure yeah. I, I, people told me that They're like my glasses fog up. I can't see. You know? yeah. Um. So before it, let's let's go long before, like what what was it that got you into acting? Did you come from a, a, a performing family or? Um, I do actually have family members that are, are performers uh, in the D.C. area and also in Chicago. But I mean, I my sister and I have been performing since I was a kid. I'm a twin. And we used to do all the plays together in school and talent shows. And then we graduated to community theater and junior high. And then after high school and college, um, I went to New York and I did the whole cliche struggling actor thing, you know, yeah. I, I, I was there for 10 years and I, I, it gave me my training, you know, it gave me uh, my confidence and, and all the experience that I wanted on stage. And I slowly started to uh, get into more television and a lot of commercial work. I moved back to the Philly area right before 9-11, actually. And that's where I really started with the commercial work. Um, QVC is in my backyard in Westchester, mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. So I have been um, representing different brands and products on, on there for years. Um, so between the two, you know, that's, that's where I got my chops on camera. So is uh, Mayor of Easttown, is that filmed in or around Philadelphia? 
It is. It is. In fact, the uh, the setting of the story is East Town, PA, which is uh, it's it's actually a fictional town, but it's it's a part of tradition tradition township, which is where the writer is from, Brad Inglesby. Mm-hmm. So he really wrote what he knew, you know. But he also focused on uh, Delaware County or Delco, they call it, and that's uh, some of the suburbs areas of Philadelphia. Really, like tight knit community. Um, and, you know, it's funny, there's been a lot of jokes. You may have seen the Saturday Night Live um, episode that they made fun of it. Um, it's where Tina Fey is from. The accent is notorious. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's where the story takes place. Yeah. Now, as far as accents, do you, I mean, I feel like you kind of have it I mean, just naturally, but I mean, even, <laughs> um, you know, people think of like Brad, uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, they're from, you know, the Boston area but we typically make fun of their Boston accents when they try to uh, do them again, because they just uh, kind of lost them. But I mean, like, do you ever worry about people talking about your accent not being accurate? I apologize for that. No worries. <laughs> Technology. Isn't it wonderful? <laughs> No, I believe me. I understand. Yeah. One time I was trying to fix my lights for one of these and I didn't even realize that I unplugged the router and I'm like, Oh, I don't know what it is. Oh my God. I did that one time. <laughs> and I, I called uh tech support and I was on, on the phone for like 45 minutes and she had me change the IP address and all these things. And he's like, well, the lights on the, the router blinking. And I'm like, uh, should it be plugged <laughs> <Yeah>. in? <laughs> I think it's happened to all of us. Yeah. Um, so I was just asking about uh, the accent and, mm-hmm. and how maybe it's just us Bostonian area people who are pretty brutal about the Boston accent. But is that is there that mm-hmm. kind of thing uh, filming down in PA? It, well, it's, so it's that I don't have a heavy Delco accent um, because I spent years in, in voice work, doing voice work on stage and all that to lose those kind of accents. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that may have had something to do with me being cast. Who knows? <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, there's certain sounds you can pick up. There's certain expressions that I think are New York unique to this area. It's 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 funny because it's not it's not New York and it's not quite South Philly either. Mm-hmm. So that's why I admired uh, Kate's work so much, because it was not an easy accent for anyone, let alone someone who speaks British. You know? Right. So, so it's a British accent. So, you know, I, I, it's funny, but once you have an ear for it, you, you can recognize things. You get, you definitely pick up little things, you know, and I tried to sneak some in, in my act in my audition for sure. Yeah. So yeah. you said you, you were, you worked to lose your accent. Was it yes. difficult? Like how, how do you even go about doing such a thing? So, um, well, besides I did voice for two years in grad school, but then after that, and I came back to the Philly area and I was, uh, actually the way, the way that I really recognized it was I was recording a a local demo, a voiceover demo. Mm -hmm. And the the coach said to me, do you, do you know what you sound like? And I'm like, what? (laughs) And and, uh, so she played it back. She played some of a a little bit of the demo back and I heard it and I was like, Oh my gosh. Because it's a very now. Remember, I have a cold right now, Andy. Mm-hmm. So I'm very, I'm very congested. But normally my voice is a little uh, deeper. But uh, a Delco accent. I'll give you a great example. And uh, everything is um, hard. The sounds are very nasal. So instead of like saying my name, and I, I recognize this when this coach played this back to me years ago. I would say, "Hi, I'm Connie." 
yeah i mean i I hate even hearing it (laughs) where it's really it's more like conning you know it's it's supposed to be deeper in your register if you want to get higher right (laughs) people don't want to hear that especially on a recording yeah can you imagine hearing a commercial hearing that every day like hi everybody oh kill me yeah Oh, it's, so, I think it's always funny when uh, they have local people do their own either radio or TV commercials. Yes, and you can, car commercials, always oh, car commercials. Uh, around here, they're car commercials. They're not car yeah, commercials. <laughs> I actually did a Boston accent for a play a few years ago. I loved it. I loved learning it. Yeah, it, it, it's yeah. it's so it's so recognizable. But if you live around here, you're very critical of people when when they do try to to copy it. Sure. Now, since you had to lose your Philly accent or a Delco, is that what mm-hmm. you, exactly? Um, yes. Do you think that's it makes it easier for you to pick up other accents? Just having to. I, I definitely have a sympathetic ear, you know, um, Andy. I've done a lot of different accents of my times: British accents, uh, Southern accents, Delco accents. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I think I I do have a bit of a, a sympathetic ear. I tend to pick things up easily and I mimic you know easily mm-hmm. it's that whole thing you know when you sit in a room with actors and everybody starts you know, you know the, the lines the movie lines start flying and all that so yeah I you know I definitely um I think I have that uh that skill which you know is kind of required for the job you know right yeah so I've heard a lot where like actors will say like wearing you know the, their uh wardrobe or being on set helps them get into character you when you adapt uh, or adopt, excuse me, an accent, does, is that something that helps you kind of get into your character easier? Sure. Um, for me, it's, and I always, I, I coach and I've taught acting in the past and I always tell people, tell students, it starts with your shoes, you know, because okay. it, it does like, like a costume, you know, it mm-hmm. kind of like, even I, I typically will rehearse in the Hey, sorry about that. Oh, there you are. <laughs> uh, no worries. Okay. All right. I think I'm sorry. So you're saying it starts at your shoes. I'm so sorry. Yes. Oh, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Um, I believe me. I understand. Um, yeah. It, you know. So I've had to play roles where I've had to wear like you know six inch stilettos. Mm-hmm. So that's obviously going to put you in a different place than, you know, if you're on a sandy beach and barefoot, whatever, you know what I mean? So it, 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 uh, it just kind of, you carry yourself differently and it, I think it helps you to prepare and get in the role. Excellent. Um, yeah. So you've done a lot of stage work. Is it mm-hmm. easier uh, to stay in character on a stage performance where it's kind of continuous or like on a, on a movie or TV where you're kind of, you know, take breaking in between shots and. So you're a little, oh. your um, yeah. audio's cutting out a little, but I, I, uh, I can answer oh. you. Yeah. Okay. I think, yeah. I, think I heard okay. what you said. There you are. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, yeah, in general, it's definitely, at least for me, mm-hmm. it, it, it's absolutely easier to stay in character when you're in the middle of a play, as opposed to on a set where you're, even when you're filming, even when you're on the set and acting, you, you're, it's a constant um, stop, start, stop, start. It's very technical. You know, you, 
you, you hardly feel like you're acting at all. It's, it's uh, when you do, it's, it's very brief moments at a time. Whereas in a play, it's more like, you know, you go out on stage and it's a two hour play and that's it, you know, and you just go, it's like, it's a very forward moving thing for me. So yes, I mean, absolutely on, on stage, it's easier to, to stay in character. Um, but you know, you learn to adapt and like, I mean, I, it's funny, I've been on sets where I've had to act with like the directors like sitting right next to me when I'm supposed to be like doing a love scene with the guy, the actor. In the, so you just kind of have to block them out, you know, because they're looking yeah. for, they're looking at the camera, they're looking at all the angles and you just have to focus on the person that you're, you're playing with, you know, and then that's, that's all you can really rely on, you know, you have to block everything else out. And there is a lot going on on a, on a film set. Do you um, ever have trouble kind of letting the character go or, or getting out of character? Does it, you know, kind of stay with you? Um, well, you know, sometimes, no, I mean, in general, no, it, it, you know, but sometimes you can't help but walk off the set and, you know, continue the accent, for example, you know, what I mean? <laughs> stuff like that, you know, but I, I've never had an experience where, uh, I, you know, I wasn't able to leave the, the character at, at, uh, on stage or, or at the door, you know what I mean? I, I, I don't look at it as psychology, you know, I, I look yeah. at it like it's, it's a part I'm playing and it, you know, I don't let anything get in my head that much. You know, I, I try not to, I, it, it's all about being present in the moment. And that's where, for me, that's where emotion will come from. I, I mean, I've had to cry on stage so many times. I can't even count anymore. I get sick of it, obviously. And I'm like, I to cry again <laughs> I, had to, I had to do it in this in this uh, show but um you know you can't if you if you go home with it every night you know you're going to kill yourself by the yeah. first shooting you know you just can't do that do, do you have a particular favorite uh genre or type of character that you get to play either on film or on stage well it's funny andy i have played um a dumb blonde many times in my life. Uh, yeah. I, I, I know that's a cliche expression, but it's true. I mean, I ha I literally have like three platinum blonde wigs. I've played Marilyn Monroe a couple times. I've played Judy Holiday once. Typecasting? No. But, um, <laughs> but uh, so that's fun, you know. Um, but I think as 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 I get older, I'm, I'm I know those roles are going to change, um, you know. And I and I am definitely playing more mature roles now, where I'm playing more of a wife and a mother as opposed to the young ingenue or whatever. Um, so that was fun um, to do for many years. But, you know, I'm definitely looking to play uh, a different kind of character. You know, I don't I don't mm -hmm. really care what the character is. It's more about the story. You know, yeah. I mean, I love comedy, but I love dramas, too. So it's really about the, the, the story. I mean, I've even done horror movies. And if, if the story is good for me, that's what really counts. And that's how you... That's the characters that I, I try to, uh, you know, gravitate towards. So what is it about the story that really catches your interest? Is it like a twist ending or something that kind of. So I'm not going to tell you the ending. But, oh, well, um, don't tell me the endings. But, <laughs> no yeah. way, right? But, um, well, honestly, the writing was amazing for me in that Brad wrote these characters that had such so many layers to them. Everybody was so tragically flawed. Mm -hmm. And yet. He really the the feeling of the the Delco community where it really came through like you and I've heard this from other people, you know what they say about people from Delaware County, which is where I was um, born and raised till I was seven years old, um, is that they just have your back, 
you know, yeah. um, Northeasterners, and, and you know, this can be, can be looked at as like kind of closed off and um, uh, standoffish, but once you're in, you're in. I mean, I've had people sure, tell sure. me that about this area. Yeah. I have some dear friends that are from Texas and Oklahoma and they said that they felt they took years to make friends here, but when they did, they felt like they were in for life. And that that's like very telling of, of the story of the, of the characters in the story. So I, I did love that, especially Especially Kate's uh, character. She's so tragically flawed, so many layers to her. But that's what, for me, that's what draws you in, you know? It's not a cookie cutter character, caricature person. It's a real person. Yeah, I I love when they have characters like that. I I always feel that I need one character that I can't just can, can relate to but i feel as even if they're flawed they're somehow redeemable I, i've stopped watching shows where i'm like there's not a good person on this show <laughs> um and not meaning the actors i mean just their characters there's no of one course. um is there something in either this or other things that you've worked on where you're like okay this this is the thing that i need in the story for me to kind of relate or connect to sure so in this story particularly um andy I don't want to, again, I don't want to ruin it, but it's very much a story of redemption um, mm-hmm. it, with a lot of characters. Um, there's a lot of like subplots going on at the same time during the show. Yeah. The, the main the main premise is it's a, it's a murder mystery. Okay. But there's a lot of these little subplots that are going on with a bunch of different characters. And so a lot of them, there is this, um, this theme of redemption by the last episode which is why I think people have really enjoyed it. That's what I've heard from people like, like Oh my mm-hmm. God, I love the ending, you know, because it, people can relate to this, you know, it resonates with them with their own lives. Yeah. Um, and, and, and for me outside of, of mayor of Easttown, um, I think probably one of my favorite, a couple plays, but one of my favorite was, um, was a Neil Simon um, that they did make into a film called lost in Yonkers. Mm-hmm. Lost in Yonkers. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and that character, uh, even though she's actually mentally disabled in the story, um, she she has a, a real um, arc to her character that I just loved playing. You know, when you can when you can sink your teeth into something that's really rich. You know, the writing is really rich. Yeah, it, it just you know it, it's an actor's dream. And so, I mean, I I I, I mentioned it on set. I, I was envious of Kate's role because it was such a juicy role. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, absolutely theme of redemption throughout. You got to let me know when you see it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, now, are there any characters, like classic characters, you mentioned Lost in Yonkers, but ones you haven't played yet that you're like kind of on your bucket list kind of? Sure. Um, Lady Macbeth, I would love to play. Um, I don't know why I've always wanted to, to play that role. I, I've done a little bit of Shakespeare. I certainly studied it for a while, but mm-hmm. in the in the last few years of my career, um, well, actually, most of my career, I I generally have like a, a I'm told a commercial look. So um, I'm I usually have not gotten cast in Shakespeare, even though I've auditioned for it a lot. Yeah. But um, with one exception, I did get the pleasure of playing in a showcase. I played um, Kate from Taming of the Shrew. Yeah. Which was a lot of fun. You know. Yeah. That's one of my favorite Shakespeare's. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And so I so I would love to play on the on the dramatic side i would love to play lady Macbeth, and on the comic side i would love to play um olivia in 12th night she's kind of the diva in this in the story yeah <laughs> and that that would be fun yeah nice um so our mayor of east town is a 
murder mystery is it going to be an ongoing thing i mean i feel like once the murder is resolved then there's not much right follow up and you know so i've heard rumors andy i mean it was presented and it's it's being presented on hbo as a limited series Mm -hmm. and i understand you know brad didn't write this overnight you know this was a, a work in progress for a long time so um, I have not, you know, I'm a low man on the totem pole, so HBO is not calling me right away, but, um, <laughs> but I have not heard anything like that. I've heard rumors, but I would certainly not be able to verify them. I would of course be delighted, you know, yeah. but like I said, this is something, you know, Brad, you know, he, he wrote something that was just so rich and, and wonderful that, you know, it does, that doesn't happen overnight. So if he does, I hope he keeps me in mind. So I hope you're listening, <laughs> Brad. <laughs> uh- do you, do you think these things like HBO Max and and Netflix are because they're more flexible? It, it's allowing things like a limited series that you probably wouldn't see on regular TV. Sure, yeah, and you know what it reminds me of. It, and I, I was just talking about this the other day. It reminds me of like the mini series from the eighties and the nineties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I'm dating mm-hmm. myself, but I love them. And so even I loved. I waited every week to watch it. Uh, uh, the show uh, every Sunday, and I and I, I had some a couple times. I'd have some friends over, even though it didn't come on till ten o'clock. I didn't mind. I loved the anticipation, even though I knew the story. I still, you know, first of all, I read it like two years ago, so right. You know, I mean, I, you forget, and and I love the excitement of that, and so I do like that these streaming services, and uh, and even even when they're not streaming, when you have to wait every week, like Hulu. I, I love that. I love that miniseries feel that, you know, we have lost, I think, in the last 10 or so years. So I hope that sticks around. I really do. Besides, yeah. I know people love, you know, watching these things in their home. Although I'll go to the movies just for the popcorn. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. I, I, I really <laughs> I miss love it. Like, I like binge watching stuff. That, I mean, that's sure. good. But, you know, even some of these streaming ones, like I know um, Disney with the new Marvel stuff is putting it out weekly. I know Amazon's done stuff where they release like the first three episodes of the boys and then release one every other week. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I'm liking it better because it gives me more time to kind of sit and digest and think, right? And, you know, talk it's over to friends and stuff. Yeah, it's true. I, I prefer that too. And I mean, you know, I, full disclosure, I've binged watched plenty of shows, mm-hmm. but you do kind of feel like, Oh, you know, I kind of wish I'd waited a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's true. Because especially if it's a four or five, six episode thing, there's a lot to take in. Plus, you know, you ruin your weekend. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, but it was raining yesterday. So it's fine. Um, Cause I'm binge watching, the winter. <laughs> binge watching a sweet tooth on Netflix. Okay. I heard of it. I have not seen that yet. Uh, it's like, pretty good so far, but, but, I mean, I feel like when you're because you can get done so quickly that when you talk with friends, you'd be like, oh, have you seen it? And they're like, oh, yeah, it was good. And that's kind of the end of the conversation. Right. right. Where if it comes out weekly, you're like, well, did you see this part? And what do you think is going to happen? And yes, you know, and it, that's it, what happened to me with Mayor. I would get yeah. people, you know, first of all, people were trying to get the ending out of me for weeks. I'm like, sorry, <laughs> I signed a contract by my own family. But uh, I love that people will be like, I think it's this guy because of this. And I think, why did she say that? You know, like, I love that. I, and I, and I, you know, that does get lost when you binge watch. It's true. Yeah. So back the miniseries. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, and it's, you know, then you have a friend that falls behind. Uh, I watch a show called critical role and they wrapped up their second, or, yeah, second season. 
and a friend of mine is, is like two or three episodes behind mm-hmm. and you know she's like oh you know is this gonna happen i'm like mm, i can't tell you in full yeah. well knowing it's not going to but <laughs> um you know so i just kind of like it, it's i don't know it's just more fun to take it, it, take it in that way yeah it's true i'm a game of thrones i remember was like that you had oh, to wait right yeah yeah and that's cool and it's fun it's something to talk around about around the water cooler and all that yeah exactly uh now you said you, <laughs> you uh <laughs> teach acting as well i do yes i i um i've taught some of the local colleges in, in the pennsylvania area where i am mm-hmm. and um i've done private coaching yes so you know you just i've had so many jobs Andy. i don't i couldn't even tell you i mean i've had I've had boyfriends be like, I can't keep up. <laughs> and I, you just get used to it. You know, yeah. you just do whatever you need to do to pay the bills and pursue your, your art, you know? So yeah, I, I started teaching a long time ago for that reason. So what it was just kind of like a, to pay the bills thing or, or do you really enjoy that aspect? I, I do enjoy it. I, I shied away from it for a long time because I think I felt as a really young actor that I didn't have anything new to contribute yet. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't feel like, uh, you know, what am I going to, share I, i'm still learning myself but i learned along the way that this really is a lifelong process and i know that's cliche but it's true i mean i still take classes yeah even though i even though i teach as well because there's just always something new to develop in your skills you know and and that's what's kind of cool about it you know yeah i think that's a really cool uh mentality we had um uh, kate linder who's a soap opera actress on uh, i think last summer and she's mm-hmm. played the same character for like 30 years. And she was like, oh, I still take classes. And it just blew my mind. I'm like, yeah, wow, why? And she's like, it's, it's the only way you get better. And it was it was just really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You, you hone your craft. You know, it's like a, it's like any I, I guess it's like anything, you know, I mean, doctors have to still take, uh, you know, see what, what do you call it? Um, credits for to keep up their licenses and all that. Mm-hmm. Same thing. So, yeah. So it's a, it's a journey, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Lifelong journey of learning. <laughs> um, so now that, uh, well, what is it like there? We're here in Mass. We're pretty like they've released all the restrictions. Are you guys still under COVID restrictions of any kind? Or um, I think there's a small like in my community pool. I think there's a limit of, of number of people at the pool, and I'm like, who cares? We're outside, but. Right. Um, Otherwise, no, thankfully, everything's opened up. Um, I was so cool. Like, I went to a restaurant and the bar was open. I was so happy. I'm like, oh, that's what it looks like again. Yeah, I miss that. You know? So, uh, yeah, I think we're pretty much we're there. I mean, I still see people wearing masks mm-hmm. here and there, you know, and that's, you know, that's cool. If you feel safe or secure doing that, do your own thing. But um, I'm very happy that we have our freedoms back, frankly. Yeah. Do you feel that that's going to affect kind of, the audition process and, and kind of the beginning parts of, of like, do you expect any carryover? I, I've talked with some people where they film their um, Audition. uh, auditions. I was going to say, yeah. I knew that was wrong. Um, yeah, no, but okay. do you think that's going to carry over? I do. Um, it, it started a little before COVID anyway, mm-hmm. because, you know, first of all, it's, con- it's convenient for anyone who doesn't live in, in the downtown area of LA or in New York city. You know, I mean, I lived in New York city for a long time, so I'm used to going up there. I, you know, but it is, it is nice not having to travel for an audition. You know, I, I mean, I used to spend four or five hours in the car for literally a three minute audition. 
Ugh. and that gets old. But yeah. you know, you have to do it. So now with with it, what what what, we, what everyone does now is self tapes, and mm-hmm. you know, it's twofold. It's 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 beneficial for the actor, but it's also beneficial for the casting director because they don't have to take the time to go where they need to go to rent out a studio to see a bunch of actors all day and spend eight hours, you know, auditioning people one after another. And you probably, they probably see 50 people in one day. Whereas when with self tapes, you know, they can go home at the end of the day. Now, I mean, I know they have a lot of other things going on too, but <laughs> you know, they can at their leisure, they can sit and, and just watch the videos and, you know, and they can see, you know, tenfold what they would see in one day, yeah. you know, just, you know, so it, it is it is definitely more convenient. It's more challenging. I think everybody prefers it to be in person, you know, because you don't get that uh, that energy from the other person that you do, you know, on camera that you do when you're in front of someone. Mm-hmm. But I think at least the preliminary stages of auditioning is going to stay this way with the um, self tapes. And it's a skill that we've all had to learn. Um, but that's, that's, that's the breaks kid, you know, that's what we have to do. <laughs> do you think it, it could have some benefit to where, you know, especially for people starting out, if they're really nervous, they opposed to, you have one shot at it, you can kind of film some and kind of figure out which is your best. And do you think that's sure for auditions? Absolutely. Yes. For uh, a self tape, they call it. So you literally are taping yourself, right? right. So yes, you can definitely do that. Um, the it but there are a lot of um live uh, auditions so like us like zoom you know and so, oh, so they the, do like a zoom thing? yes they do that as well so and again that does help the casting director because they can do it in their living room if they want as opposed to having to go rent out a studio or whatever so you know because rent's expensive in new york you know I'm sure so yeah it, it it definitely it lends for everybody it, it is more convenient and definitely more economical yeah yeah. Is there any other part that carries over like that? Like, do they do um, rehearsal at all through Zoom or some sort so of? I I actually was part of a, a Zoom staged reading of a yeah. screenplay, so I know that those kind of, and a couple times. So that that's happening. Um, and you know, I, I I mean, I actually saw a play right before. COVID, mm-hmm. a friend of mine had produced in Philadelphia where it was half of the actors were live streamed from London. So she was on stage in Philadelphia and there was a big screen behind her and another actor was in London. And it was so cool huh. and incredibly talented. It was part of the story, you know, like yeah. it was literally part of the story. They were supposed to be in two different places. Yeah. But I, I can see entertainment going that way in some ways you know i hope of course it's not all like that because that would get old really fast but i could it it does lend to that you know it does open up possibilities you know so i I wouldn't be surprised if we see it more and more but you know i i'm I'm old school andy i i prefer you know being in front of somebody (laughs) (laughs) you know a real person acting you know with a real director right there and a real person producer right you know but it's always interesting to see how like new technology affects like the arts in general. Right. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. I know visual artists have been taking up, uh, you know, they, they, we run drawing events and we have people showing up with iPads and whatnot. Right. And then it's you amazing. Have, yeah. yeah. yeah it's There's am- no more paintbrushes. <laughs> there, a friend of mine showed me a um, program that he uses for watercolor 
and it's like he presses a button, it's dry instantly, and he can go back over it, and he can change it, and you can erase it, which is unreal. Yeah, um, yeah. And then it's just so weird to hear some people that are maybe traditional oil painters, and they'll be like, oh, well, you know, either I'm a real artist, or I, right. I really draw, really paint, and super insulting to the person that has the iPad, but... And, and there's a place for it. It's funny. Like, so in my family, family, I do have some um, fine artists and my older sister is, is a classic painter mm-hmm. and she does work with oils quite a bit. And I have a young niece who is also an artist and she's walking around with the iPad all day. But yeah. some of the things she draws, I'm like, how oh, did you do that? It's so cool. So, you know, there's definitely a, a taste for it. There's, and there's going to be an audience for it. I think I do. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think the, the best the best of it will be what like that play that you're talking about that somehow combines the two, you know? Right. I wish I, I could think of the name of it so I could give my girlfriend credit, but I, her name is Emma Gibson. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what was it? Her name is Emma Gibson. She's a very talented, talented actress in Philadelphia. In fact, she just, uh, she just uh, won an award for one of her latest plays. I think it's called after the fall and they're actually going to be live streaming it on zoom this weekend. Oh nice. Um, yeah. So if if you, I don't know if you're gonna get to put this up before that, but this will know, go out. I think Monday. Yeah, that's yeah. okay. Cause she um, she uh, she she is promoting it herself. But yeah, it's it's uh, it's cool to see people embracing these these new um, facets of our industry. And now that uh, mayor of Easttown is over, are you looking to get back to the stage, or do you still want to do more? Like, which, which are you looking for? Right now, I'm looking really honestly. Right now, I'm looking for more television, mm-hmm. um, television and film because I've done stage for a long time. But I mean, you know, Broadway has always been an aspiration. I've been very close. I've done off Broadway. So I certainly wouldn't turn that turn Broadway down. You know, I'd be a yeah. fool. But um, but my focus right now is on television just because it's a new medium that I'm exploring and I've, I've this is this show has been such a blessing and it is opening up more opportunities i think for me so uh, you know i definitely want to focus there right now and like you i just i love watching these shows on netflix and all that it's just fun you know i mean it feels like there's so much more to see now there's just so many more um options you know and i love that i'd like to be you know if i'm if i'm blessed enough i'd like to be in some of them (laughs) yeah and i think it really opens up some creative avenues where they're not beholden to sponsors and they can really just mm-hmm. kind of stretch and do some right. really obscure things. So. Right. Or a two hour window, you know? Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. but I find it weird that they still kind of format it like it was an hour episode where it's like, right. if it's an hour show, even though it's on Netflix, it's still like 43 minutes or something. Weird I like know. That. It's weird. It's true. I, I wonder if they have, I actually think that there's there, there's got to be some kind of constraints from the production companies because I have noticed that too. You know, um, it's almost like they want to you know package it up in a nice little yeah. episode, you know, in a, under an hour, so that people you know can time it for the rest of their you know TV watching for the night. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yeah, it's it's, it's yeah. very weird. So like at nine o'clock, I got Law and Order, and then I got to watch Mayor Beast out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> But Connie, I want to say thank you. And I want to encourage our uh, listeners to go out and check out Mayor of Easttown uh, on HBO Max, correct? HBO and HBO Max. Okay. And um, 
I want to say thank you for taking the time to talk to us. And I want to apologize um, for the weird uh, Wi-Fi hiccup, but it's not at all. Uh, sorted itself out. Of course, happens to all of us. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, anytime you have uh, stuff you want to promote or talk about, feel free to reach out. We'd love to have you back on. I sure will, Andy. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you. And thank you to our listeners. And we'll see you guys again next week. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. You can find us on all social medias at inebriart or on Instagram at inebriart6. You can email us at inebriart at yahoo.com. And make sure you listen to the other podcasts on the Inebriart Podcast Network, including Bar Talk, Old Colony Cast, Retro Redoctopus, America's Hometown Horror Podcast, and our newest one, Theme Park Legends, a podcast about working at theme parks. What else? And we'll catch you again next time.